Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Power up part, where we are? Five? See, this is supposed to be three. We already two, two past where I was going. God, he said, that's all right. Go to the book of Galatians chapter five. This is where we've kind of been, been uh, hanging our hat. <clears throat> Galatians chapter five, verse 22 and 23 says, but the fruit of the spirit, say fruit. This is, now, this is, we led up the first three on this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now, we spent a long time on that because you have to understand that no matter what you do under the guise of Christianity, as long as you're doing it with the right heart and with love and with the right focus, there's no law written against you being a good person doing what God's asked you to do in Him, Right? So they can talk about you, but there's no, there's, no, there's no law written that can stop you spiritually or physically that can keep you from what you're called to do. Now, that is the fruit, okay? Now, there's nothing worse. If you've ever been in church, especially in, in uh, Pentecostal churches like I have where I trained up and in the Word of Faith, uh, if you've been in, in a Pentecostal move or a charismatic move uh, and you see people operate in the gifts but no fruit, there's nothing worse than that. Because you have people that operate in gifts of a spirit that they don't know the heart of the spirit, and they come across mean and hard and weird and strange and all that kind of stuff. But the truth is, all these things work together. Now, <clears throat> now <laughs> I've got about 17 pages of notes, and we ain't going to get to all of them. So this is, today's message is not going to be an exhaustive message uh, on the Holy Spirit as far as gifts goes. I'm going to talk to you about what the Lord's put in me to talk to you about today, and then you, you have to go do a little study on your own. Um, but this is what I know. Now, I have a lifetime of experience in this. But when I got saved, and I told this, this story a few weeks ago, when I got saved, I had an encounter with love first. Then I had an encounter with uh, the redemption power of Christ that, that set me free, delivered me. No dope, no, nothing since then. <clears throat> what I didn't get was what we call the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is where there was evidence of praying in tongues and all that. Uh, of course, I told you the story a few weeks later where I was in a situation where I was watching TV all by myself because I was letting people pray for me in every altar I went to, but they were confusing me, scaring me, freaking me out. But listen, can I just talk straight? Are y'all okay if we don't get theological today? Now listen, I don't know your story, but I know mine, and I was a drug addict. And although being a drug addict in the beginning kind of freaked me out, I went all in, baby. And no matter how I acted, and no matter, how I, no matter what flew out of my mouth, no matter what I did or where I went, I was submitted and surrendered to that addiction. So when I came to Jesus and I experienced his goodness, I was all in. I wanted every part of him. The problem was not my hunger. My problem was the people trying to tell me how to get all of him because they didn't have all of him. And, and I was, there was a lot of confusion and a lot of things. And when I was alone in a room watching ministry on TV and a little bitty boy, 12-year-old boy, baptized in the Holy Ghost at 12 years old, laid his hand on my shoulder, I began to pray in tongues. And that's an awesome thing. Now, if you'd been through what I'd been through and you felt that freedom come on you, but now I wasn't afraid of it because, see, I had made up my mind now, let me just, can I just back up? The first time I went to a Pentecostal church, I thought they was all nuts. 
right? Some of them still are. But the truth is that, that some of those, although some of those are learned behaviors, that doesn't take away from the power of the move of the Holy Spirit. And I knew I had experienced something, and I wanted every bit that he had, but I wanted it his way. And when I tried to do it certain churches' way, it didn't work, so I went on a study. And I began to understand that the gifts of the Holy Ghost aren't tongues. There's nine gifts of the Spirit. We just talk about tongues because that's the easy one. That's the one that we can use. Okay, I ain't getting in that. And we're not talking about tongues today as far as that being my message. I just want you to know that is when we, when we separate churches, that's how we separate them. We separate them by this church is a Holy Ghost church and this church ain't. You're supposed to all be Holy Ghost churches. You're supposed to all be actively seeking the gifts and the love and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, what you have to understand is all the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate in different parts of your life, but you were never, ever, ever, ever saved to just sit back and relax. You're supposed to be on the field playing somewhere, somehow, some way. Everybody's supposed to have their own encounter, their own time, their own moment with the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is in you for you, and He's on you for others. And what we've done is we've missed what He's for. So today we're going to talk about His function and we're going to talk about why he's on this earth. Because if Jesus said it's needful for us to, to, to have him in our life, it's very important that we do that, right? All right, so go with me. Let's see. Where do I want us to go? Because like I got all these. Let's just do this. Go to Ephesians 1, chapter 6. I mean, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6. I'm going to read off the screen a lot today. <clears throat> to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Now, people will say, well, that's not a Holy Spirit text. Well, yeah, it is because it tells you one very important thing. Now, up until now, what I've said, I want you to hear everything up until now with this statement. Everything to the praise of the glory of his grace. Everything. Say Everything. Everything that we do, especially if we call it the Holy Spirit, should always bring glory to God, not your gift. Amen? Now, Lord Jesus, help me. I got so much I want to get into you today. There, let me just run the list for you because it'll be easier for me to just get the list out and then we'll, we'll move on. <clears throat> the literal translation of the gifts of the, the Spirit are this. You have the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, gift of faith, gift of healings, workings of miracles, uh, gift of prophecy, discerning of spirits, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. Now, those are broken up into groups. Number one, revelatory groups, which is the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. All of you on some level have that. Every single one of you know, okay, I don't need to be near this, whatever this is. All of you have some of that. <clears throat> You have to understand, God is trying to not just get you to operate in the gift, but to develop that gift for someone else. See, now look, <laughs> I'm on tiptoe today because I got a lot of stories, but I got to be real careful. <clears throat> I know stories and have experienced a mountain of things in, in the movement. I preach in Pentecostal churches. That's what I do. So I've seen things. I've seen people bring people to me. 
and go, oh, this is, this is the prophetess of our church. Well, let me tell you something. If you got to have your card printed up that says prophetess, you ain't no prophet. I should know who you are by the fruit. I should know who you are by what's going on here. You shouldn't have to come up. You should, look, oh, Jesus. You shouldn't have 12 people in your church and you be a prophet and 10 of them your bodyguards. You, were you afraid of the other two? What I'm saying is we use our own gifts to build us up, but God didn't ask us to do that. He gave us the opportunity to flow in his spirit to build him up in his kingdom. We were given an opportunity so people could see his goodness, his glory, his kindness, his healing, his wholeness, what he desires for you. And what we've done is we've taken it and used it for whatever we need to move us forward. And what I've learned is this. See, we don't do a whole lot of promotion for this church. We, we don't try to do a thousand events and, and bring in a million guests. And I'm not saying we don't do those things. But what I'm saying is when you build your church based on that stuff, you have to keep that stuff going. And it's not really about the Holy Spirit. But yet when somebody comes to this altar through worship or prayer or whatever's going on, and there's no fanfare, there's nothing fancy, just the love of the Holy Ghost and people surrounded you that care about you and your heart begins to mend, that's the greater miracle than 20,000 people coming through your doors. And if you can focus on things that way, that is the move into the Spirit of God. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you shouldn't pray in the Holy Ghost. You absolutely need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You do. But it shouldn't be your main focus. Your main focus should be hunger for him. And listen, let me just tell you something. We, we, we've been in situations. Now, we've been doing this a long time. But April and I have been in situations where uh, I've heard her and she's heard me where we, we're in such a place of worship and closeness and kinship with the Lord that we wake up in the morning and you can feel the heaviness and the hovering of the Holy Spirit and you're just whispering in the Holy Ghost. Your spirit's praying over your body before your soul wakes up. That's an amazing place to be. But I know from my experience, are y'all okay? Because I, I, listen, I'm way off now. Let's just stay right here. I know from my experience that most Holy Ghost people are only Holy Ghost people when the altar cranks up. Well, that ain't what this was designed for. Matter of fact, the giftings and callings of God are without repentance. But the signs and the wonders are supposed to follow after us. We're not supposed to chase them to the altar. And what we've done is we've decided that we're going to chase signs and wonders when we're actually supposed to be the releasers of signs and wonders. Because the gifts were not given for the church. They were given for the church for people to see. See, because people don't care if you're a Holy Ghost person if they don't see love on you. People don't care what kind of power you got if you're not kind to them. People don't care what's going on in your life or in your house or in your church if God's not being glorified. He said, if I be lifted up, if I'm lifted up, that's not, it's not, God doesn't need his chest padded. He's saying, if you worship me, if who I am is big in you, then I'll draw all men, including you. I'll take you closer. See, Moses wanted to see God. He said, I just, I just need, just, just, I, got, I got to see you. I've been there. You get so hungry. And <clears throat> the Bible says that God allowed him to see his hinder parts. Well, a lot of preachers preach a lot of stuff about that, but really all that is is this. When I'm walking into Walmart, which I believe is the third level of hell, and I've got one of my kids with me, 
If I'm walking into Walmart, and I do this with my wife, I do this with my daughters, they will tell you I still do it. And the parked cars are here, and there's a car coming this way, I push them over. They're behind me. Y'all see that? Yeah, I'm sure all of you do it. You, you, you just protect. That is what God was protecting Moses from what would take him out. See, because it wasn't that God was mean and would kill him, but, but you, that's unfettered power. He said, I have to, I will, I'll let you see me, but you have to see it from a place of protection. That is what the Holy Spirit is for. The Holy Spirit is for you to move into a place where you do operate in these gifts, not for an altar service, but for life. Your life should be an altar service. Your life should be waking up excited that Jesus has given you the opportunity to live in something, to be a part of something, to give you the Spirit of God so that you're free and that you can see what's happening in your life. Now, I want to I give you this list. Now, this is something that you have to see, and this simple little list is what helped me. God the Father loves me. God the Son saved me, but it's the Holy Spirit that's with me. Now, I'm not saying you pray to the Holy Spirit. You pray in Jesus' name to God, but with the Holy Ghost. Is this making sense? Because what people try to do is they try to put their brain on spiritual things. Now, I, I got a lot of information, so I'm just going to slow down and make sure I get out what I'm supposed to get out instead of just trying to preach, okay? Praying in tongues is necessary. It is to walk in a supernatural relationship and to see supernatural things in your life. But what's more necessary is for the fruit to be at work. So when you move over into those gifts, you're not shaking people and slinging them around. And you know, Listen, let me tell you something. There ain't nothing better than an old baby slinging revival. If you ain't never been in one, you ain't never seen one. It is, it is real. I've, I've seen people just grab a baby and throw it, somebody catch it, take off running. Now, God got to be involved in that. But that is not supposed to be every Sunday service. That is when everybody is hot. Listen. I'm, I'm a part of the Word of Faith. I'm ordained with Kenneth Copeland. So when we go to our conferences, those are believers' meetings. Those are called believers' meetings for a reason. It means that everybody in the room has been a believer for a while, and we're here to empower each other and pull each other up so we can teach over into deep things and move in the gifts and do all the things we're supposed to do, and everybody should know what's going on. But when you got people that ain't never been saved and ain't never been to church, and they don't know nothing. If they see you and all your frenzy, but there ain't no love, you just scarred them from what was real. Are y'all okay? Listen, I ain't preaching for you shouting. I just want you to get your understanding. Because the truth is, the Holy Spirit of God has to be your best friend. Has to be. And the only way that happens is for you to spend time with him. Time. I can tell you, April and I have been, to, been together. We've been married uh, a long time, baby, but it just feels like an hour. Um, I can finish her sentences. She can finish mine. I know how she's going to react to something. She knows how I'm going to react to something. The kids know which one to go to over the road. You know, they, they know because they've, been, they've spent time. But when you come into church and the only time that you've spent with the Holy Spirit is during worship, and you try to operate in an altar, you're damaging people with power you don't know how to handle. What we don't understand is we've built entire churches on a gift when it was supposed to be built on a person. 
The person of the Holy Spirit, the person of Jesus Christ, the person of the advantage he said we could have. And everything should be right here to the praise and to the glory of his grace, to who he is in our life. The Bible opened up the door. You un, the word grace is the word charis, okay? It's mentioned 17 times in the Bible, in the New Testament. And it talks about, that's where we get the charismatic movement from, that word which means you operate in the grace of the gifts, which means it doesn't matter who you are. It matters who you're connected to, which means you've been given an opportunity to release something onto this planet that God needs to get here. God needs your lips. But when your lips and your tongue are too busy saying what you think, you can't say what he thinks because you're not close enough to him to know. You ever seen, you ever seen a situation to where parents can be played by the children, where, where you got one kid that knows, if I do this enough, this one's just going to say, just give him what he wants. And this one's over here screaming, don't do that. And then the fight happens between the parents and ain't nobody corrected the kids, right? That is what's going on in the church today. When, the, when, when a ministry actually preaches the word and demands not only character but integrity, people gravitate to the church that will give them what they want. I know nobody wants to amen that, but it's true. Because now in this day and time, you can find any flavor you want before you get to Walmart. You can but when you find home, when you find where you plug in, when you find the place that you know this is where God's setting me, it ain't always comfortable. It ain't always easy. A 25-year marriage is not always comfortable, not always easy. Raising kids is not always comfortable. Not, it's not about your comfort. I am not primarily concerned with her happiness. That's my daughter. I'm not. I'm primarily concerned with her well-being. Because what makes people happy could be dope, could be alcohol, could be the wrong person in their life. It could be thinking wrong things that are taking them down the wrong. See, happiness has nothing to do with well-being. And what we've done is we've decided if we got a happy little church and a happy little altar and a happy little service, then we're okay. And people are dying in their gift. They're dying in their office. They're dying in what God's called them to do. And they go to their grave with greatness in them locked up that's never been released because they never got in him. They just got in church. Because what they don't understand is church is the reporting station. Church, you know why you're supposed to worship? Because you're supposed to come in here and report all the great things that God's done through you last week. Listen, people got saved. Got, <laughs> this is supposed to be where you come in about, this is what I did through you. And the shout is supposed to be because it happened, not because you just need to get another plug. I worked at Hannah Steele in the whole, it was 98 to 2000. I was working at Hannah Steele during the, y'all remember the old Y2K thing? I have y'all too young to remember that. Oh, Y2K, world coming to an end. Some of the biggest preachers bought into that. There, you can still find videotape. Y'all know what a videotape is, right? <laughs> you know, and then movies like, like uh, uh, what is it? What is Tom Hanks? Got? Hey, we got the volleyball. Castaway, you know that stuff he uses to make a boat? That's a videotape. Y'all don't know nothing about that. But at, 
Y2K, let me tell y'all a quick story. I'm going to come back. We, see, we got 10 kids. We tired. We ain't staying up till midnight on nothing. So 99 to 2000, we're in our bedroom. Kids are downstairs waiting on the ball to drop. And they're going, three, two. And I got everything in my room on remote control. So it's Y2K. Everybody's, April's like, is the world coming to an end? Is it, what's going to happen? And everybody goes, one. And I hit all the remotes. TV went off, lights went off. That April's like, what just happened? <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> I shouldn't have done it, but it was so funny. So I turned the lights back on. But anyway, I was working at Hannah Steele. Y'all thought I forgot. I was working at Hannah Steele, and it was in that season. And I was called into the ministry and had just a few opportunities to go preach. But, man, I was full of the Holy Ghost and fire. The difference between me and, and a lot of other Christians around me at that time was I didn't grow up in church. And because I didn't grow up in church, I didn't have all this religion I had to peel off. So I just accepted this is what the Lord said, and let's go do it. It amazes me when you say this is what the Lord said, let's go do it, that people will talk you out of it, and they're in church. It amazes me. So anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm at Hannah Steele, and, and I'm working. And this particular night, they moved me over to the paint line, which is a different area than I was used to. And I'm over here, and I'm just, you know, you got all this gear on, so nobody can really hear you. And I'm just praising the Lord, and I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, and I'm just doing my thing. And, and just, you know, I'm doing my job. Like, God never called you to pray in tongues all day and not go to work. Let's just be honest. And I was over there doing my job, and this guy had come up, pulled up on his little golf cart. He was a mechanic. And uh, big old dude. You ever seen in the heat of the night? Anybody remember Bubba? Just looked like Bubba. He's like way taller than I was. And he comes walking up. He goes, hey. I'm like, hey. <laughs> you, want, you over here praying in them tongues? I said, yeah, I am. And because I wasn't scared. You know, I wasn't raised in church, so I, wasn't, I had no fear. You know, I just, I, I, I had found something. And uh, I said, yeah. And he said, why? And I kind of gave him my story of being a drug addict and how God had set me free just a few months ago and all this kind of stuff. And tears started falling down his big old boy's face. And we're in dirt and mud, and so it's, you, it's real defined that he's, he's crying. And he said, I've been praying about that for a long time. And he drove off. So I just keep working. That was, you know, 12-hour shift. I just keep working. And we're talking about the Holy Ghost, right? We're talking about his function on this planet. Now, when he asked me what I was doing, I didn't get religious. I didn't get snarky or rude or snotty or, or super spiritual. You know those people, hallelujah. I was just loving and kind and the best I could be. About two hours later, he come back around. And he gets off and he walks up to me and he goes, I want it. Okay, so, like, this is the extent of my expertise. I don't know what to do now. I don't, I don't know what to do. And so I said, look, all I can tell you is that you have to receive. Can't nobody give it to you. There is laying on it. But you, you got to, you, you, and I knew enough to tell him, you got to get out of your own head, man. You got to let your heart open up. And this big old boy raises his hands up. My God, his arms were bigger than my whole body. He's standing there like Adonis. You know, and, and, and I didn't know what to do, so I'm praying, you know, and I'm praying in English because I want to speak the word over him, and I'm like, Lord, help him just receive. Now, understand all this noise, he, can't, he can barely hear me, I can barely hear him, but, but we were connecting, and I touched him on his chest, 
And he started to slowly begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Soft. and Now understand, this is somebody who is not your typical church, but this is not somebody you think, this is not how it's supposed to happen, at least in the church mentality. So I lay hands on him, and I just touch his chest, and I'm new, so I don't know what I'm doing. And, and, and he's praying in tongues, and all of a sudden it gets louder and louder and louder, and then it's really loud. And I'm thinking, boy, I'm doing something now. You know, and so it's, then pride gets in. And then so all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this big old boy starts falling. I'm like, uh-oh. Because I ain't, I ain't got a big name, and Pastor ain't got no catchers, <laughs> you know. So I'm like, okay. And in my brain, I'm thinking, if this ain't real, we're going to find out right now. And he, he timbered like a, like a redwood in California, just boom, hit the floor. And he's still praying, and eyes just crying, and I, I'm crying now. And <laughs> this guy's driving a big old forklift one of them uh, heisters, and I don't know if you know what that is, but the forklift is as big as this room, and it, it carries those big coal roll steel around, and he gets off, and he's an old guy. He's one of those guys, bow-legged, you know, you can shoot a basketball through his leg, and, and he comes walking up. Hey, is he okay? And I said, yeah. And I, I mean, what am I supposed to say? I said, he just prayed in tongues. He goes, oh, you one of them? Yeah, I guess I'm one of them. And he goes, and he stepped right up, and he goes, y'all don't scare me. And he got back on his forklift and took off. Didn't even check on it. I could have been, I could have hit him in the face, and he would have known it. He didn't check on the guy. He just told me he wasn't scared of me. Now, that's great. That's a great story. We have all been in situations where we've seen people receive the Spirit of God. We've all seen that. On some level, you've seen it. You may not have seen the tongues, but you've seen people get touched. Two days later, see, now that's where you find out if they held on to something. My, my daughters, my da they'll remember this. You guys were too small, but I know you'll remember this. April remembers this. Two days later, the company, Hannah Steele, that I worked for, had rented out. At that time, it was called Vision Land. Now it's called Alabama Adventure. They had rented out the whole park for our, our summer picnic. So we pull up. All the companies pulling in. We all kind of get there at the same time. And I get out of the car. <laughs> And I'm helping my kids get out of the car. And the next thing they know, this, do you remember this too, Aaron? This, do you remember this? This big mountain of a man. And he's huge. He's, am I lying? he's huge. Walks up and grabs me and picks me up like I'm a toddler. And tears still rolling down his face. He still prayed in the Holy Ghost. And the love, was it not? The love of the Lord was all over him. And every time that people would come up to me in the break room and go, hey, what'd you do to him? Man, I, I didn't do nothing. I said, why? Because I'm thinking, oh, Lord, he's out there being weird, you know. They said, no, he ain't never been nice to nobody. And he's telling everybody he loves them and stuff. People think he's setting them up like he's going to get them in the parking lot. <laughs> but he picked me up, and I couldn't breathe. I'm like, dude, you got to put me down. And he was squeezing, and he told me, he said, I don't know what happened in his life. I didn't need to know what happened. It wasn't my business. But what I knew at that point was he now belonged in a whole different realm. And God was talking to him in a whole different way. And now it's not about Alan Bailey Ministries. It is about the ministry of the Lord. And I, I learned something at that moment. I learned that if I stay small and I keep him big, amazing things can happen. And let me tell you something. Have I stunted growth of the ministry, quote, unquote, by 
standards of television and, and different ways you grow a church? Probably, just because I refuse to play that game. But what I, I, don't, I don't honestly care if I see a thousand faces, I don't know. What I care is that tomorrow I see somebody that I know and I see a change. Not because I preached a good message, but because the power of the Holy Spirit, he, he put you in the cleft. He put you over here and he's got you now. See, because this is one, th- are y'all okay? This, this is the one thing I've learned in that entire situation. And, and many stories like that have happened over the years. But that one was the most profound because the next, next two days, my family saw somebody that they saw. That's the first time they saw him. And the first time they saw him, they saw the veil of love over him. But everybody else that's known him for years, nobody wanted to be around him. And everybody was wondering, that, my friends, is the Holy Ghost. Not just praying in tongues. Because it, I don't know what gift he operated in the church. I don't know if he, if he understands the word of knowledge. I don't know all that. And this is not an exhaustive teaching on those things. But what it is, just to tell you those gifts are real and they're life-changing and they're powerful. But if you don't know love, none of it matters. Because what happened was this. Now, I'm glad you've left that up there the whole time. Because one thing, let's just be clear on that story. I was just worshiping. I wasn't walking around work going, who am I getting today? I didn't look for some forehead to slap in the lunchroom. You know, (laughs) y'all laugh. I know people like that. I wasn't looking for accolades. I wasn't looking to be recognized as a minister. I wasn't, I was putting cold roll steel through a paint machine but I was doing it as unto Christ. Because when I learned, you got to understand, because I didn't have to peel all this religion off of me, I was able to know he's good. I didn't have to wonder. Because my example of church people, see, what I've learned is this, most people who grew up in any type of church, doesn't matter if it's Pentecostal or not, most people that grew up in church get so close to the minister or get so close to the ministry, they see the human side of it, and that's become what they equate to how God operates when, when just because you see human flaws doesn't mean that God's not perfect. And I was able to see him. And because I was able to see him, I was able to learn how to release him. And I still don't know how things work. I really don't. I just know how to yield. When I was a youth pastor, Clar, I hope you're okay. When I was a youth pastor, I had, we started out with how many kids? four or five, something like that. And we built up to almost, we, took, we almost took over the whole main sanctuary. It was huge downstairs. But Pilar was the most horrible teenager I had. She knows it. She knows it. She's sitting just like, you can't see it, but she got that cover on her because she's cold. But she sat there with that arm folded. And what did she say to you? Move me if you can. What she said. Move me if you can, preacher. You know why? Because her experience up until that point had been people trying to be something and failing miserably, and she was done. She came to church because Donnie and Sherry made her. Is that right? See, she'll tell you. Or she's getting grounded. She's getting grounded if she didn't come to church. Some of y'all need to learn that, praise the Lord. You need to ground your kids unless their butt's here. Um, I'm playing. Ground them. Um, don't ground them. Just send them here. I'll make them write a book report. I can figure it out. Uh, 
one solid year she sat there. Even told us when we went on events, don't bring all them kids. Had guts too. Somewhere about the one-year mark, she broke. And you know why she broke? Not because I preached any different, but because she realized they care. See, it wasn't that we cared, but he cared and allowed us to care. And she, and she the only one of them still sitting here. All the rest of them, them heathens, I need to get them on the phone. But she's here. And when she came in here, and she, she come in here, and she was wanting a baby. I hope it's okay if I tell this. She was wanting a baby because they just had a tough time. And she said, she's like one of my daughters. She said, I'm getting my position right because that's what I teach her. And 30 days later, she came in my office. We didn't do it publicly. See, you don't do things for show. That's where the church has missed it. There's no power in you up here in the lights. It's power when nobody's around. And we laid hands on her and we believed God and, and she's in the nursery. Same thing with Carson. Where's Jason at? Jason's back there. Same thing with Carson. You kind of think with us, we kind of have that fertility anointing. Hallelujah. <laughs> I ain't even going to look. I'm not looking. <laughs> I'm not looking. I'm not looking, but there, we got babies all over this country. People be calling, hey, can you pray? But y'all have to understand, as powerful as the move when, when I got saved that night and I was completely delivered, there was a next step, and that next step was encountering the Holy Spirit. See, I'm not trying to turn this into a lively Pentecostal church. That's not my, y'all know me better than that. What I am trying to get you to understand is that when you're all alone and it, it's just you and him and you begin to pray, and you slip over into praying in the Holy Ghost and he begins to show you things and talk to you about things because what people don't understand, tongues are really not about praying in the altar and being weird. Tongues are you praying in a language that the enemy doesn't understand because you're saying things, you're declaring things to be in your life that the enemy can't touch because he can't speak that. So it's an advantage, is it all making sense now? To your advantage to be able to move into that. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Not everything's going to go perfect in your life just because you pray in the Holy Ghost. That's what people tell you, but that's not true. But it is your answer to how to get out of some mess. We, we were yesterday, and most of y'all know this already, but yesterday Caleb and I were on our way home from here. Caleb and I had been down here at the Becoming Center and. We were going home and had a little problem with my truck, so we pulled in, uh, got, got into Harbor Freight, and he had to go get some tools anyway, so we were sitting there. We come out, started up. Well, my truck caught on fire, burned to the ground. And uh, there's a whole lot to that story, but now Caleb saved his cheese sticks, but he did not get my hamburgers. <laughs> let's just be honest. <laughs> let's be honest about another thing, too. He bought my lunch, which is the first time ever, and he messed up the equilibrium of the earth. That's why my, that's why my truck burnt down. <laughs> but I'm going to be, listen, I'm tired of preachers being perfect, so let me be very honest with you. 
after that all settled down and April came and got and everybody shook up and Hannah had Hannah had a crying fit last night. What if something happens to dad and, and all that? And after all the adrenaline went down and everybody's in the bed, I couldn't sleep. Because in my brain, what if I had my two little kids in the back seat? What you see what I'm saying? Well, all this stuff starts going through my mind. Well, I'm smart enough to know that's the enemy. I'm smart enough to know that's my human brain. I'm also smart enough to know praying in the Holy Ghost puts a stop to that. So I wrestled, and me being me, I wrestled with this all night long. And this morning as I was getting ready for church, I just said, Lord, thank you. Nobody was hurt. Not even people standing around, not the truck next to us, not the building. Nothing was hurt. And I just began to just pray softly in the Holy Ghost. And, and all night long I've been wrestling with this. And then I pray in the Holy Ghost and peace hits me. And then the Holy Spirit says to me, you could have done this 12 hours ago and actually slept last night. Y'all, can we stop making him weird and start making him who he is? People don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit because we've made him look bad. And he is our advantage. Operating in the gift is amazing. But if you can't do it with love, it don't matter. Because you have to understand he loves you. And he loves you enough to give you this. Now, I know I'm over my time, but I need to get this out so we can move forward with this series. It's real simple. How you receive, and if you're interested today, we're going we're gonna to pray, but there's no pressure. But me, I could, I'm going to be honest with you, I couldn't get baptized in the Holy Ghost in front of people. Is that okay? Can I just say that out loud? Because I thought all y'all were weird anyway. But by myself, when it was me and him, I knew it was real. Here's the questions people have. Well, I just don't want to get the wrong thing. You can't seek God and get the wrong thing. It is not possible. It is, you, know, you know, Satan is not omnipresent. He ain't everywhere. Well, you know, was that God? Was that the devil? Was that me? If love's involved and it's about a future, it's the Holy Ghost. If it's about you, it's you. And if it's about failure, it's him. There's, I mean, is that simple enough? So what I want you to do is this. I want you to understand that I don't have to teach you anything. Just remember that Jesus said, it's needful that I go away so you can have him because he is the one that raised Jesus from the dead. Y'all stand to your feet with me. Aaron, come on up and begin to play. Praise team, y'all come on up. Real, Just play real softly though. Just bow your heads where you are. I, want, I literally want the praise team to play super soft. Just bow your heads where you are. Now, there are many of you in this room who this might be the first time you've ever heard anything on the Holy Ghost. There's plenty of you in this room that have been baptized in the Holy Spirit for years. There's some of you in this room that, that have been actively seeking. There are people everywhere. But this is what I want to pray. The Lord told me to be very, very, very specific. You need Him. And some of you need a fresh indwelling. Now, this doesn't come because April and I prayed for you. But right where you are, I just want to pray for you, but I want you to pray this for yourself. Father, I pray over every person in this room. Your word in the book of Acts talks about the Holy Spirit resting on people. That the fire of Pentecost, that yeah, people looked drunk, they didn't understand, but they walked out with power. Not the power of the shout, but they got to shout. 
Not the power of just praying in the Holy Ghost, but the power of prayer. But they received it. So I pray for every person in this room right now. Wherever they are, I first of all bind the voice of the enemy in fear that would stop them. There is nothing with God that should be fearful. There is nothing with the people of God that should be fearful. It shouldn't be about us moving this place to a a place of frenzy, Lord, but moving it to a place of love. So, Lord, I pray right now for everybody in this room that they just begin to shut their mind down. They begin to open their heart and their spirit. And they invite you in, Holy Ghost. No matter where it's at, whether it's in this room or in the car on the way home or tonight when they're quiet or even in this altar today. But they just begin to move into where you are. Now, church, as your heads are bowed, as your eyes are closed, I'm going to say this to you. Listen, the hardest thing for you to do is to stop thinking about this. But your mind can't take you there. Your mind can't take you there. Your, Your mind will stop you. And it's just like when a baby learns to talk. That's the same thing. You just learn. You begin to stammer and quietly move into it. There's no expectation other than the expectation of faith. So, Father, I pray for everybody in this room that they begin. You feel his presence. I don't know if y'all feel the shifting in the air. Holy Spirit, he's here. He's here. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit right now, I want you to just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost softly. Just real softly. Just begin to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, let your presence be known in this room. Let the love of who you are be known in this room. Lord, we're hungry. We're hungry for you. We're hungry for the real thing, not not the flash, not the fear. We're hungry for the real thing. I pray for those people who are fearful, Lord. I pray for those people who have had bad experiences and bad encounters. They're not going to have that here in Jesus' name. Mm-mm-mm. Don't be resistant. Don't be resistant. We all resist on some level. That's okay. But just you don't have to. You don't. You don't have to make a shout. You don't have to be vocal. People don't have to see you. Just begin to receive the Holy Spirit right now. If you're hungry for the Holy Spirit, just say, "I receive you right now," and begin to let Him move into your lips. Let's let Him move into your life. Father, I pray for every person in this place that over the next few minutes in worship that in worship they begin to be baptized fully in you in Jesus' name.